0: All right, and welcome to another episode of Upgrowth Mindset Podcast. We are your hosts, Raven. India. And In the Fave, J, a.k.a. You might say Fave. I'm going to do it. You know, y'all already know I'm going okay. to do it. But you said you weren't doing that for season two, though. But I lied. Like, oh, see, the okay. lies. There you go.
1: <laughs> so anyways here you go starting already but anyways um so on this uh this week's episode we'll be discussing if parents are equipping their children with the necessary tools to be successful and y'all know I say all the time like almost every episode that we have that this is gonna be my favorite episode but I, I know really know she's gonna this. say
0: that I know she's this gonna is, say that
1: this is gonna be my favorite episode for real for real this time like for real
0: for real for real I say because that every like, time too. So I feel you. I feel you. I
1: mean, it's just, it's always good, but I'm excited about this because as y'all know, we have our own nonprofit, profit, ooh, Lord, that focuses on uh, mentoring young girls. And I think it, it was important for us to be able to have a conversation with parents. Get no, the real I, deal. Get the school.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Cause we always like we always talk about it from our girls' standpoints, you know, when we're talking talking to them and they're going through their issues and things of that. So we're talking about it from because you know, me and you, Andy, we're not parents. So we're talking right. about you know, if my mama would have did this and my daddy would have did this, you know, blah 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 blah. But now to have parents on and get to hear their their side and what they feel mm-hmm. like they did to equip their their children for success, I think is going to be awesome because like that's that that dynamic. Like it's it's critical, you know, for for kids mm-hmm. to be successful. So I'm I'm ready. So I'm about to introduce my guest. So y'all ready? Our, you know, our guest
1: First of all, it's ours, not no, it's just you. mine, she, it's ours, mine. Mine.
0: mine, ours, Okay. Ours. Can I do my podcast voice or no? <sighs> Go oh, ahead. Bitch. Go ahead. Hey y'all, welcome. We got my my guest on in the house. Damon and Carolyn Witherspoon, how y'all doing?
2: All Hello. right, all right, how's it going? Hey, I'm digging the voice, I'm digging the voice. Thank you, thank
0: you, thank you very
2: much. <laughs>
0: y'all want to oh introduce yourself a little bit? Come on into the room. Yeah, give us a little background. Let us know
3: what, what y'all do. So my name is Carolyn Witherspoon. I am a bank operations manager. I have worked in uh, banking operations, or worked in operations, in some capacity for the last 20 years, I manage a team of uh, varied individuals, and I'm also very active in my sorority, Zeta uh, Beta Sorority, Incorporated. Yeah, and I was gonna say that. I, I was going to do it, that shameless plug, but I want to let you it, do it. it, it needs to be said because you know there's something about those finer women. There and you go. Know. I'm very active in my community uh, with Zeta, and I also look to to support uh, those whenever I can.
2: All right, and uh, greetings, all. My name is Damon <laughs> Weatherspoon. I am a 15-year railroad employee, uh, through freight conductor. So I take trains out of town. When you see the trains blocking all the crossings, don't blame us. They just build these long trains. That's what happens. Uh, dash, <laughs> prior to dash. that, prior to that, I was uh, a police officer. I was in law enforcement for six years. Um, my wife failed to mention we we have been together 25 years been married 19. Uh, you better go it's ahead and-, right. and speak it. Speak it. Um what else? Oh, and I i am also a proud member of Five beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, the the, the brother organization. So gotta represent Sigma. Out there. That's it. That's it. You know, you know. So, so that, I gotta that, represent. But uh
3: not only are we married, but we are also constitutionally
2: bound. You better and we're you. Both first vice. We're both yeah. both yeah. first vice presidents of our respective chapters, so we stay busy yes. in our organizations as well as our personal lives. <laughs> ooh,
0: let me tell you, I don't miss being the president of my chapter, vice president, AC <laughs> plus this. Plus, ooh, child, I don't miss it. Yes, no. yes, it's a lot. It's a lot. It. Let's get into this conversation, guys. So, uh, let's tell our listeners uh, how many children do you have, and tell us tell us their ages.
3: So we have one child and she is no longer a child. She is matter of fact, a young adult. She is 23 years old. She is also a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. You better come on legacy. The the whole family of blue and white. (laughs) And uh, we, I think what's what is different and what's important for people to know about uh, Damon and I is that we had our daughter when we were 18 years old.
4: Mm -hmm. And so
3: when we were 18 years old, we had her our first semester in college uh, and uh, we still made it happen. We still made it work. And all of these years later, we're still together. And you know, our black love has prevailed. The black family structure has strengthened and all those things that everyone wants to know about, you know, that has happened for us, but we have one daughter and she's a young adult. So we're on the, we're on the, we're on the senior side of the parenting uh, experience. You know where Raven? I black love prevail. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it,
0: Raven. I feel like we should put you in the hot seat because we're to talk about your son. But I, think I love my baby. We need to, we need to grill you. So, oh, okay. So you want to? Let me step up into the room. Let get on this seat yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I have one child as well, but my baby is eight. I say my baby. That's my baby. He's eight years old, and his name is Phoenix. Hey. Um, baby fee he's not a baby anymore he keeps telling me i'm not a baby right he He wasn't recording he would come in here and say that too he definitely would he definitely would yeah
1: okay so it's interesting we got raven single parent single yeah yeah. i'm a single mama single parent um her she's still in the process of raising her child and then we have the weatherspoons who are they have been through it they done. They done. No more. So Obviously, I'm able to know, especially since y'all had her at um, you know, kind of at a young age. Um, what did y'all discipline look
3: like for her? So when we were when we were young, so you know, again, remember we have her when we were 18. So mm-hmm. we were 20 year olds disciplining a, you know, a two-year-old and you know, and three-year-old. And and when we were young, we resorted to the methods that were we were taught. You know, corporal punishment. You know, spanking, all those things. And then something clicked for me. It something really clicked for our daughter is that I knew that what I was doing was what she was going to learn, mm-hmm. and it also wasn't helping. And so I didn't see any gains. In her behaviors, she mm-hmm. wasn't learning from her actions. Mm-hmm. It was just encouraging actions, and then she was also learning to be afraid of me. Those were the things that you re you resulted, you know, from what we learned. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened in time? What happened actually pretty quickly was that we we moved to no longer using corporal punishment and using timeouts, using uh, having her use her mind and understanding the purpose behind the punishment and so Taking things were privileges yeah privileges were taken mm-hmm. away the opportunities were taken away and those were things she learned the consequences of her actions
2: because lord and knows her birthday almost got canceled every year her birthdays in december so right before yeah. christmas Uh-oh. every Uh-oh. year we're like look no break like we're gonna cancel your we're gonna cancel your birthday and we had to threaten that from Kindergarten to twelfth grade, like literally every year. (laughs) And
3: she, being our only child, she had she had huge birthday parties, and Mm so those were things that she knew that she needed to work towards. And so she learned early on, or at least we hope that she learned early on, that her behavior was, you know, resulted in her reward, and so it was her actions that equaled what she would gain.
0: Around what age did you change? that discipline, just that switch.
3: It was early, it was, I would say that it was when she, yeah, when she was a toddler, around two or three. And the thing is, is that you're not hitting babies anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. it's more sounds and things like that. But it really only took a couple of occasions where you spend all this, you know, you spend your first, you know, year, two years, you know, and this child, you know, loves you and they they love you and love you love you. And then, you know, they do something wrong and then now you're beating them. Hmm. and so what are they going to learn from that and so what they le- you know what they learn the lo- wrong things about love and don't get me wrong because there were times where there was corporal punishment and our daughter she will tell you that she remembers every one of them I don't know that she can I think that she's using other people's stories but you know everybody has to everyone has to have a struggle
0: yeah
3: uh, but it was very early on that we removed that from the equation
0: so when you um you brought up something like in the the one of the first couple of sentences that you were saying that you didn't want your daughter to be afraid of you. Were you with do you think that you were the authoritarian or were you the authoritarian in the the parental
3: between you and Damon? Well, I think that um I think that we we both were, but she saw me more okay. just because just by, by way of what my work schedule looked like. He was a police officer at the time. Oh yeah. That's so true. with him being a police officer, he would have. Untraditional hours versus my hours were more traditional. So she would see me more frequently. And so I I I was the parent that she saw more. And so I was the one who would dispense the discipline just by necessity. You know what I
1: really appreciate from <clears throat> just the start of this conversation is the fact that you guys were able to realize that maybe the methods that were used in your own childhood was not the same methods that needed to be used with your child and i think that's so important yeah. especially within the you know the black family household because a lot of times you know it's, it's generational so however your your parents parent however mm-hmm. they parents parent it just continues to keep going and keep going but the fact that you guys made that switch and was like okay this isn't working let me try something else and and you know what's breaking to- that cycle yeah breaking that
3: cycle like i think that's awesome and I, I will tell you, we were criticized for it. People didn't understand it. They thought we were crazy. Also, you know, bear in mind because of our age too. Mm-hmm. So they thought, oh, we're young. You know, these young parents don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it, it just, I, one the, I heard someone say on television, if you yell at your child, it changes them. And I remember those times that my, my parents yelled at me and then in hitting them, think about that, that changes them too. And I just didn't want that to be what she left with her childhood. And uh, right. I just, I wanted that to change. And I, and that was something, I wouldn't I say I, but I, that was something that we wanted to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we were criticized from our friends. We were the exception. I don't think that we're necessarily the exception now, mm-hmm. but we were the exception and our friends and family just did not understand it. It's a different kind
0: of fear that you want to invoke
3: into your child. And
0: as a parent, it's the same with me as well. I don't, I want him to be able to, not to be afraid of me, but the fear of disappointing like I don't want to step outside of of mom's house and act a fool and bring reproach back on on Mm -hmm. on our name like oh man I'm making their household look really really bad like I want him to be able to say okay I need to make sure I'm acting accordingly you know when I'm out in public or around friends or around family no matter where I am so yeah that's the big thing it's
2: it's a lot about I think respect too because you you always you want to want them like you said not to not to fear you but to to respect and yeah then to the fear of disappointment i did mm-hmm. i like that a lot the fear of disappointment of, of saying man you know what what are my parents what's my mom and dad gonna think about right. about me if if i'm caught doing yes. this mm-hmm. and that's that's more what's about i mean I, like carolyn said growing up while well, my my parents I, I didn't get beat or anything like that and went crazy like that, but they believed in in the spankings i mean mm-hmm. Anything from from a paddle to a shoe to a switch outside. Whatever they I mean, can get their hands on all, the, all yeah. the typical. They said they get they get their hands on it. They gonna swat you with it. Yeah, and it wasn't a, a beating like just beat you to beat you to un, uncontrollably. Right. It was just you know the few swats, and to get the correction. And that's that's yeah. the way I grew up. So like Carolyn said, that's that's what we started with. But early on, we learned that that wasn't the way.
3: And so I'll I, tell you, I'm sorry. Time, go ahead, Carolyn. Oh, I, I apologize. So I'll tell you when it comes to the idea of, you know, disappointment. That that also holds a whole nother weight mm-hmm. for your child. It does. As they get older, and so I think that there's also a time that once they get in that process of going into that world, going into the world, mm-hmm. that you 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 kind of turn the tables on that and you create more of a safe place for them because the world will beat them up already. You don't yeah. want to encourage them to beat themselves up yes. because they think they're going to disappoint you. And I think that that has been. Um, One of the challenges that we, I know in recent years that we've wanted to instill in our daughter, that we're not, you know, disappointed in her. We are, we have been and have always remained proud of her. Um, But part of my concern has been is that she thinks that, you know, she seeks to give to, she seeks our approval in such a way um, Mm. that I don't want it to be a detriment to her mental health. Yeah. And so, and I- That's a huge thing, that anxiety exactly and so i think that that is also if you take this approach that's also something that you make sure that you have a open dialogue and Mm -hmm. that you give your child the space to be able to make those changes or to to be able to have those communication that conversation with you i know that we had those conversations with our daughter especially in her college years uh because sometimes they are challenging for us and so um but i think that you know that that fear of disappointment i think that there's also that can also do a certain kind of damage it brings to
0: mind the coined term, perfect black girl complex, mm-hmm. where you have such a fear of failing your, your parents or your grandparents that it's, it, it makes you uh, draw back and causes you so much anxiety and depression. That I, that just yep. makes me think about that so much. As, a, as an educator, I saw a lot of that. I had a few students, and I it, it's okay that you didn't get this right, and they would just like almost hemorrhage, mm-hmm. you know, going from and having that particular because it be wasn't balanced. Balance. Yeah, exactly. That's a
1: be a healthy. You know, you said something though, I, and I'm 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 gonna stop talking after this, so you can we can move it along. But <laughs> you said something that me and Jay talk about all the time. When, um, you know, we would go on Instagram live and have like open dialogue with parents and young girls and things. Your child is going to get beat up enough from the world. Yes, from the world. world, Social media, going to school, work, you know, they're going to get that from the world. So I feel like as parents, obviously I don't have children, but as a parent, I feel like I can speak from growing up we need to to have that safe space, that safe place with our parents Mm
4: -hmm. where,
1: yes, you know, like I said, it it has to be a healthy balance where, yes, we don't want to disappoint you, but not to the point where it's just like you're having anxiety and it's causing you mental distress because you're so
0: worried about, you know, letting your parents down. Mm -hmm. Or you don't feel like you can come and talk to your parents about any and everything. Now that I'm older, you know, I'm 30 or whatever, I have no problems because I'm not asking your permission. I'm just letting you know I need some advice or whatever. But back in that mentoring like, stage. You... Yeah, yeah <laughs> in that mentoring stage. Exactly. Um, but back then when I was probably your daughter's age or younger, if I was going through something, I was gonna have to find it from an older friend or just kind of have to thug it out on my own because I couldn't, I didn't have that where I could. That, that balance mm-hmm. where, you know, you can you can go and, and talk to someone. So it brings me into my next question. Um, how do you, as a parent, like, how do you measure success? Like, how do you know that you have been successful in raising your child where you feel like your child can come and talk to you about anything or you know your child is not out here doing the food? Like, how do you measure that as parents? You, you know, the,
3: the measurement, it, it is... It, it it is not exact um i would say the first thing is is that you know she that they come back to you Mm -hmm. and that they're willing to speak to you um this is an indirect measurement but honestly a lot of her friends uh saw how we parented now because the thing is you're not going to tell your parents everything that's just the Mm -hmm. reality uh and so i i her friends came to me you know i was the the parents on the block that if a kid was being bullied you came to me and I will go take care of it. I will handle it with the parent. I will handle it with the teacher. I yes, will and so those were the, you know, I, that those were that's kind of how I measured it when it came to our daughter. She um, she knew that she could come to us. Now sometimes she didn't. She also has um, a huge auntie team. And so she would come <laughs> to her aunties as well, but we made sure that she had resources. Uh, now, you know, I, I look at it is that, you know, we have these conversations with our daughter and one of the things that we explained to her that we want her to be well mm-hmm. and we want her mm-hmm. to do well. And so with that, and for her to measure that on her own not to her friends, not to what they do. And so I think that our biggest measurement is the type is her character. Mm-hmm. She is a loving person. She loves, her, she loves the community, she gives back and she also prioritizes, you know, the the right things in her life. And so I guess that's that's been our biggest measurement, but we we always just wanted to make sure that we had an open door for her. So I guess I I can't it's not it's not clean. It's not uh like a yardstick and I can say that this is this is what was successful. I can say that we are now in the senior years of our parenting and that our daughter, you know, has met those standard mm-hmm. metrics of success. You know, she's a college graduate. She's gainfully employed, mm-hmm. but she's financially secure. And so she's met those things. But I think that uh, she's also someone who understands herself. She's trying to understand herself and uh, she's a good friend and she's a great daughter. So I think that those things too, that's just leaves my perception.
0: That's huge. And also, I, I, I was thinking the lessons that I, I know that I have taught my son seeing him actually act on those lessons like that advice that i have given him and the things that i talk about make sure you're you know when you're shaking someone's hand you look them in the eye like seeing him open doors for 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 women and being respectful you know um with some of my family, they're from up north, so saying yes sir, no sir, or saying ma'am is what gets some of them, but being able to be respectful in, in that sense, so seeing him do the, you know, those lessons, that, that to me helps me measure that I, okay, let me pat myself on the back, did pretty good with that one, all right, he didn't go and karate chop somebody down, so.
3: <laughs> and I will say another, I, I there's a, a short story that we had, Uh our Serena, you know, did something with us and she, you know, it was a, a, a Zeta event, a Greek life event. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't quite like how something happened. And and normally my, my reaction is to go and, you know, bang heads and, you know, upset everybody and do all these other things. And she just, she stopped and she's like, no, this is not how we handle this. Mm-hmm. We don't handle it this way. We go back and we need to you know, we need to come from a place of love and we need to do this and we need to do that. And here we are, we're sitting, I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, oh, wait a second, she is right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Wait. And, and you know what? And what that was was that went back to that whole corporal punishment situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she said, No, this isn't how they're gonna learn. This isn't how people, this isn't gonna to be how you get things. And honestly, in in my professional world, that's not how I behave. Um, but that's how I was going to do it in a, in a different world, and that wasn't correct. And so She said, no, this isn't, that's not, that's not how you do it. And that's not how you're going to get the result you desire. Well, she's telling
0: the truth because you know, we don't listen.
3: Exactly. And so, but you know, (laughs) she said exactly when when it was, when it was, when my daughter was able to give me good advice, Mm -hmm, um, then I felt like, Mm.
1: you know, you had mentioned something and you said that she's at a point now where she is financially, you know, she's financially secure. And this is a question that I have for Raven and and you guys as well. Um, Raven, are you teaching Phoenix right now financial responsibility?
0: Yes. Would
1: you guys teach your daughter growing up financial responsibility? Because I think that's something that we lack. We a lot of times, you know, we don't learn yeah. financial stuff until. Don't get me on my soapbox. Don't you dare yeah. get
0: me on my soapbox because you no, know I'm, I'm just saying person. though. Don't do we, it. We don't. We don't. So, we don't
1: learn that stuff until it's too late. So I'm interested to know if that mm-hmm. that you guys.
0: Have been- I would say I yes, I'm teaching him now. But he has a, a savings account and he's learning different things about it. Uh, he's learning about investments and. I was fortunate enough to have an aunt who was a vice president of a bank. So growing up and having my aunt Esther be able to say, okay, this is how you write a check out. This is how you write your ledgers and actually going through, like I had older cousins coming to ask me for money, you know, like her being able to tell me, you know, financial literacy. What does, what does, what does that mean? What, what, what does it mean for, for me to have a CD? What are, uh, What are the different kind of what does it mean to have a custodial investment account, Mm -hmm. you know, those type of those type of things. And so me having a custodial account for Phoenix for investment and for banking, and then him also having a savings account, setting him up for that financial success. So hopefully by the time he's 23, he'll be a millionaire. So it's just like I want him to be able to go off of, okay. This is what my mom taught me. This is what her mom and her grandmother and her aunt taught her. So I'm teaching my hopefully generations, you know, because we don't in our community see a lot of that. We see it now through social media, Mm
4: -hmm. and
0: I'll go into I'll go into that, ask another question off of that. But you know, seeing reels about parents are you know african-american parents um and parents of color teaching their their children and their audiences financial wealth yes yes i love that because it's just it's sometimes i I feel like at least with my generation in india if you want to be you could be in my generation but whatever but at least in my generation um oh okay in my generation i feel like it was left up to the school, you know, to teach you financial mm-hmm. literacy. And that wasn't very many classes where they were teaching you how to balance the checkbook and all this other stuff. Luckily, my grandma did teach me about saving and, you know, my check ledger and all this other stuff. You better not go overdraft, you know, that type of things. But I didn't learn about investments, you know, and how investments actually work until college, you know, so that was a big span of money that, you know, I was missing out on that I could have been, you know, stacking to build myself up. So yeah. What about you
3: guys? So for, for us, we have a, a different experience. And I, I, I wouldn't say that either one of us grew up in a household that didn't have some sort of, you know, wealth. And so we were, we grew, we came from good, working middle, class. we came from good, you know, working class families. And I would say even my family, we were above, you know, we were upper middle class at times too. And so we had a really great foundation. When I was just fresh in college, cause I had, I worked all the way through. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I had the opportunity to work for an investment firm. And it was in that experience. And our daughter was really young. It was in that experience that I learned that that's how that that's that would be how I could help her. That's that could mm-hmm. be how I could help us always. And so I worked in finance. Uh, I and actually I would say my first grown-up job was in was in banking. And so in doing those things, I was you know stocking away money and figuring out how we could save up money. And one of the things we knew, we were able to go to college for free. And so we went to college for free because we had our companies. I I, I, I can talk well and I can, uh, I can work through a lot of things. And so I worked for a company that paid for me to go to college. Mm-hmm. And so I was able right. to go to college for free because I had this whole baby here that I needed to take care of. And so right. my college education was paid for. And what we were able to see at the same time as our friends who were in a more traditional college situation, that they struggled mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that they were struggling and they were going to have debt and they were going to have all these other things that they, they were saddling onto themselves and they weren't necessarily going to finish their college education. And this is, you know, 20 some odd years later, and, and some of them haven't finished their education, but they have that debt. And it was the, the combination of investing investment job that I had mm-hmm. combined with, you know, seeing my friends experiences that we started saving up for our daughter's education. Mm-hmm. And so we started doing that when we were 20 years old, 19 and 20 years old, we were putting a little bit of money aside and we saved up into a 529 for her. And we just kept doing that. Now, it was never it never grew to substantial amounts, but we were able to pay, you know, for her first few years of college without a problem. And we were able to help her make good financial decisions. Mm-hmm. One of the things that were important to us is that one of the benefits that we had in our age was that we are, we knew that by the time our daughter graduated from college, we would still be pretty young. Uh, <laughs> we, we are young, you know, we're yeah. in our early 40s. And so- We decided that we did not want her to stomach finding a student loan debt. Mm -hmm. We didn't want that to be her reality. And if there was going to be any debt that was going to be incurred, we could incur it because our age can mitigate that time. Mm
4: -hmm. And we
3: wanted her to be able to have a better foundation. And that's and that's rang true. You know, as far as anything that we incurred, it's not anything that was unreasonable. And beyond that, it's something that we were okay with doing because we knew it was going to give her the best foundation possible to be able to start her life one of the things that we had to when we were young we had to kind of take jobs that we didn't always like just because of you know because we had you know this the our daughter to raise one of the things that i i have asked her to do you know before she does all the things that come with being grown in life is to make sure that she puts enough money aside for herself and so that way she never has to take a bad job. Mm-hmm. So that way she never, she never has to be in a toxic situation at work uh, because she has to pay rent. She has to pay, you know, whatever the bills are. And that's something that she's always ring true. Um, I will also have to point out something that um, Damon did when he, when he was a police officer, uh, when he worked off duty um, and he created a, um, he would work off duty and he would, Uh, receive additional money, you know, for those extra jobs, you know, you see police officers, you know, working. Mm -hmm. He he took that money and he created a savings account for her. And so, you know, so that was her baby. And so that's when she went to the bank, she and and let me tell you, she saved her money. Uh, She if someone gave her a dollar, she would put that into her little, you know, Crayola piggy bank. And you know, she wanted to take it to the bank when it when it was full. You know, one time we looked in there, she had $300. She was six years old. And we're like, oh no! This is how kids, you know, be building bombs and things because parents. <laughs> um, but no, put this in a bucket, babe. Like, who who gave her this much money? And she's and she <laughs> always saved it, and so she's always been a saver. And I think that that's one of the things that she learned from. She learned actually probably more from from her grandparents than from us. But um, she's always saved, and um, I hope that that's something that she continues to do, so that way she can um, she's not put in a rut because of a financial decision. Cause I, right. really I just seen that. something today, uh um, Jay, that that you liked. And it was
1: on Facebook, and it said, stop buying your kids what you never had and start teaching them what you never knew. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciate that because that's the truth. Like you always hear people say, Well, when I have kids, my kids gonna get this, they gonna get mm-hmm. that. I never had these things, but it's just like, what is that teaching them that they can just have a handout? Right, you know, because I Taking that struggle. grit
0: away from them—that's yeah, like, one of the things that you that you're you're seeing that the kids don't have right now—is that that grit that we had, kind of. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, I, 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 I guess felt- I don't
3: know when, when you say so. And one of the things that I learned, I, I grew up with some people who had you know who had money and things, and I you know sometimes people would call our daughter spoiled, and I had zero problems with it. I didn't care. Uh, because I knew the person that we were raising, mm-hmm. and um, and I would say that there was nothing that she didn't earn, uh, but, and it was things that we were happy to give her. We didn't go into debt to do it,
4: mm-hmm. but
3: um, I was glad for the things that we were able to give her. And I would say that if we were older and had we been more established and had more money, we would have given her even more. Uh, but I don't know that I. I definitely agree with that sentiment, you know, teach them what you didn't know, but then if you don't know it, how can you teach them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I see how parents gravitate to the idea of giving them those material things. Uh, I, 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 there wasn't a thing in the world that my parents, that I wanted that my parents didn't give me. Mm-hmm. I had those things, but it didn't make me a less, you know, it didn't make me, um, entitled. Yeah, it, it didn't make me entitled. Right. Um, but you know, what it did do is that it gave me standards. hmm it gave me standards, it gave me things to work towards, Uh, there were, um, it gave me, and that was something that my parents instilled in me, and that that was important for them, when they, when they saw me raise our daughter, that they always said, hey, you just remember that we never put you with anything less than this, Mm -hmm. you know, just remember, Mm -hmm. you know, so you keep her there too, you make sure that you, because it was an example of just continuing what we were all with what they established for us
1: mm-hmm. but see I think there's a difference though than just handing a kid something and I think you said you're, you you um your daughter earn it work mm-hmm. yeah earn it like mm-hmm. I think there's I think at least from what I took from it was there's a difference and just giving a kid something just because you never you're had crying it. And, for it yeah because they they want it and and you didn't have it so you're like okay I want and actually teaching them the value of hard work and what it means to have to work for something and earn it instead of just
0: it being given to them. And and you can tell when you say that India, it it makes me think about, you know, people who come into the real, the real world, quote unquote, the real world. So in my old position, um, I used to do accounting for commercial real estate at a bank. And some of these, um, some of my coworkers that would come in, they were fresh out of, out of college and you can tell the ones who had to earn stuff and then you could tell the ones who were given any every any and everything was given to them because they expected in the real world for any and everything to be given given to them they were throwing tantrums and getting upset when things didn't go their way at work and it doesn't you know it doesn't work like that so I mean I definitely get what you're saying Carolyn but then also on the other hand like you you still got to teach your, your kids something you know what i'm saying like you yeah. can't just they're, they're, how to earn it yeah well,
2: so i, I want to ask oh
0: go ahead damon
2: go ahead i was just gonna say in full clarity you know, there is there is a, a part of it while serene did earn it we also had there was also the the sentiment of well she's an only child because myself between my mother and father um i was my, my parents divorced when i was young but my both parents were still around. So it wasn't like I was lacking one or the mm-hmm. other. My mother was the primary custodial parent, but uh, they were both around. But um, being an only child, you typically do get a few more things. You don't have to share. Mm-hmm. And so the the most, the, the extent of the income goes to you. So while there was, uh-huh. I say in, in full clarity, being that there's, a, you know, she was an only child as I was, there were a few things that that she got that she was given that uh but everything was earned i will say everything was earned but it was things that, w- that were given to her whereas you know some kids that might not get all of that did they didn't have other siblings or things of that nature so she earned things but she was also had the 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 single child the only child syndrome where she got a lot of extra things as well
0: i can't relate because Coco's sitting over there that's my little sister i can't relate i had to share <laughs> <laughs> so Carolyn and Damon, do you believe that social media is giving children a false perception of what success is or looks like?
2: So I will say, my, in my opinion, I, I believe so because you you Tim, you don't see people posting their failures or posting mm-hmm. the work it takes to get to that success. Okay. Nobody's nobody's posting their struggles. Everybody's posting the the end result. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they just figure, okay, well, that's how that got, I should get it that way. Well, then when they see the work involved, oh, I ain't trying to do all that. Yeah. And you hear that out tomorrow, I ain't trying to do all that. Mm-hmm. And so they just revert back to just sit back and waiting for a handout. So in my, in, in my experience, I, I think so. Yeah. You you don't see, you don't see the full, you don't see the full enchilada. You don't see what it, what it takes to get to that success.
0: I was just like, it's the get it now. It's yes, the yes. whole, I'm, it's I want it, I'm getting yeah, instant, instant exactly, gratification. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. What about you, Raven? What yeah, you? I was waiting on you to add something <laughs> to say, Raven. I definitely agree. I mean, oh, it does give the it, social media to an extent, does. I mean, you have, uh, especially like the TikTok transitions. So it's like, all right, it's it, like you said, instant gratis, gratification. Um, you see the students, like in my, classrooms they're like all right i did this now I want grade it no wait a minute we're gonna talk about it it's not you know you're not gonna get it instantly let's find out the reasons and things of of why so yeah i definitely agree that social media is giving children false perception of what success looks like and how to get it okay look let me lighten up the mood right quick because i told y'all it was gonna be you know real chill podcast and You know, once y'all go back and listen to season one, y'all will see how I am. And and Damon, you know me, so.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Please tell me. No, 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 please tell me, because I don't want y'all to lie. Did y'all have any Black innuendos with Serena growing up? Like, I brought you in this world. I take you out. Uh, Don't you be airing out the whole have the o- door open and don't be air conditioning the whole Wait,
1: no the real question is did you hear it with you going to destroy
3: you yeah, lo- touch yeah, nothing yeah. don't look at nothing don't <laughs> think about nothing so we were them new okay so yes we had those blacking we had to just because you know our daughter ultimately went to an hbcu so especially right before she went to college like there was a whole bunch we had like a boot camp like okay these are some things you gotta know before you go, so we may or watch a different world, all those things. You should
2: watch all the different <laughs> yeah. different worlds she watched the whole series. She loved it, but yes, we,
3: we realized like, like, oh, we may have messed up somewhere. So, so there I should have had a yeah. watch school days. We did. <laughs> no, we did. I, I hate, hate that.
2: That. <laughs> <laughs> Of course.
3: But um, I okay, so you know, you know how I said that we were young parents and we tried to learn better when we went to the store, she had uh I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I told her that she could have one thing. She could get one. I want. Okay. And she couldn't, she had, it had to be a good, I want, and she had to make a good decision about it. And, you know, she had a dollar amount. She had to stay within. So you got one. I want, but that's it. You can't have multiple. I want. So she had that. I didn't have that kind because I, because that used to happen to me. And I didn't think that that was reasonable. And so that's why I, I learned better. I, I, you know, when you, when you, you know better, you do better. So, um, but we, of course, you had those other things just because we felt like, you know, you have to squeeze them into parenting. You got to. Just so that, because they can't go out into the world, you know. They can't
2: be unseasoned. But, yeah. That's it, that's it. You got you yeah. to you you spring a little culture. You got to spring yeah. a little, little of our culture. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> what,
1: was your, what, was, what was y'all uh, for each one of y'all? I want to know. Raven included. So we're going, going down the line. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite phrase or Raven? What is your current favorite phrase to use on Feed?
0: Oh man, I use all of them. Like I am the I am the the one that they have made the TikTok videos about. Like <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> just think of what I brought you in this for i take you out of it. My favorite one, one of the- is I'm in here recording it. Don't you come in here because I'm recording this podcast. That's what I- <laughs> But that's just me. That's the favorite one for you, right there. Don't look at nothing. Don't touch nothing. Don't open the door. Yeah, that's my favorite.
3: (laughs) The one that I had the most that I said the most was that I'm not your friend. I'm not. I'm not one of your little friends. And so, Mm -hmm. and that was important that she knew that because, and, and there was there was a reason behind that is that I explained to her that you're only going to get one mother, okay, you can get a whole bunch of friends, but you need me to stay in a mother's place, mm-hmm. and so now that it's older, we can have those, you know, different conversations, but I'm not one of your little friends, and especially a lot of her friends thought that we were, thought that that was the kind of relationship we had, because I was more laid back, mm-hmm. and she was very clear to them, she's like, no, she is not one of my little friends, okay? <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> yeah, I would say the
0: same thing with me, because my mom is, she's 19 years older than myself, and we were in my grandparents' house when I was growing up. I actually when my mom moved out, I didn't move out. And so her saying that to me, it's like I called her Lisa and I still do. Cause I feel like my grandparents were mom and dad. Like they will always make the running joke like our last child is 37 and I'm 86. You know, like so it's it's funny that you that you just <laughs> say that like, I'm not your little friend. Because I was like, you are my friend though. What's up, girl? <laughs> yeah, and, and,
3: and that that. I think because of the age factor, with I, I wanted to make sure that she had a mother, and so because of the age factor, I never wanted that to be a variable, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that I underscored that the most <laughs> that I'm not wanting to be able to friends, and which is which is really funny now because she's one of my swords. and she's right. like, nah, nah. nah we can't we ain't no we ain't going to the same places okay mm-hmm. you, know, yeah, you can't to same go same to the same places no nah, i don't worry yeah i'm like no i'm not i'm not and like she says to me i'm like i'm not one of your little friends okay <laughs> 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 so that's what she said now
0: um, oh, wow. then, so she reversed it on
1: you <laughs>
3: what, what about you dad what, what, what was yours
2: my and i don't know i i was kind of the mindset i don't know if i really necessarily said it but i was the mindset you know do do as i say and not as i do Oh hell. type deal and and <laughs> I see I see yeah. the fallacy in it but I also see the 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 truth in it because when you're when you're an adult you you have so many things on your plate a mm-hmm. uh, child needs to stay in a child's place so while I might not be I might have the 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 cleanly cleanliness room or have everything put up where it is because I'm working paying the bills I'm doing a, b and c your job is to go to school and come home that's it so. Clean up. That's part part of part of learning. Part of learning and mm-hmm. and, and becoming a responsible adult is doing the things that you have to do in order to do that. that was that was one? Of the, I guess I guess that was another one I had was uh, do the things you have to do so that way you can do the things you want what to do.
0: You want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I, that was one that I used to say to Serena a lot. I do remember that one. But it's just like get done what you have to get done so that way you can you can you can have the free time. You can sit back. You don't have to wait at the last minute. And go! Oh my goodness! I got all this now. that. You stress yourself out because now you waited the eleventh hour to do A, B, and C. Just get it done now, then you can relax. You got everything done. Right. So I, that those were two. The yeah, the do do as I say, not as I do, and 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 the uh oh, and the the do what you get done. What you can do now, so that way you can you can do what you want to do later.
0: And See, y'all, y'all making me have like flashbacks. Flashbacks. Yeah, but that's yeah. I'm like, about what's to the start. What my favorite bit? one from Ma that Ma used to say to you? What was your favorite one? Because I, I got mine. <sighs> probably I brought
1: you into this world. I'll take you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that probably was like, dang, you just, that's how you feel. Like you mm-hmm. just gonna, <laughs> I am heaven sent and you just going <laughs> to take me back like
2: that. I'll take you out. Take I, me out
0: like that. I definitely got two so my ultimate favorite one was what carolyn said i'm not one of your little friends i'm not sj used to say that all the time i'm not one of your little play friends so i can she, hear her say that not your yeah, play so friend my, i'm not one of your friends. so when she got a facebook she added me as a friend and so she was just like i keep adding you as a friend why are you not accepting me i said remember i'm not one of your little friends <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like, "You get on my nerves." I was like, "But keep that same energy, cause we not friends. Remember, like, like there's no need for you to be on my Facebook if we're not friends." So I, I eventually added her, but that's not the point. And then the other one that she used to say when we were younger was, uh, "Don't write a check; your butt oh, can't oh cash." My gosh. Oh my God! Yes. But me, I'm very literal, right? So as a child. When she would say that, I'm walking away. I'm going to stop doing whatever it is I'm doing. But as I'm walking away, I'm literally thinking about my butt, my literal butt going (laughs) up to the bank with the check. And I was just like, maybe that's what she means because my butt can't cash a check. Like It it, it was until I got older that I, I realized what she was talking about. But yeah.
1: Yeah, you know how many how many cracks I stepped on as a kid I'm, just oh. like-
0: <laughs> I'm telling. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Telling. Mama about that. That. mom. mom knows.
1: This, this is a safe space, Raven. She <laughs> in, in, in this room.
0: She literally my mama. mom would make her mad, y'all, when well, my mama would make her mad. When we would go outside, she would literally like find a crack on the sidewalk and the sidewalk be like stumping on it and just like she gets on my nerves
4: I'm just, I'm just
0: like it really is not gonna break her back and she was like you never know it uh, <laughs> might be that day not superstitious. so
1: what topics were you guys not ready to discuss with your child like was there some key things that was just like i am so not ready to have this
3: conversation but we have to have it there wasn't any You know, honestly, because, and I'll I'll tell you, becoming young parents, what you want to do, the first thing after you become a young parent is that you want to make sure that you're not young grandparents. So let me back. I'm, I'm
2: gonna let her talk. I have a dad vision. Dad. Yeah. I
3: was like, Daddy got another
0: thing. I know. Yeah, I mom. know it I was like, <laughs> Daddy, right. Daddy, <laughs> Mama don't mind having them conversations, but Daddy's like, that's my baby girl.
2: That's the difference between we yeah, with mo- no, mothers, with mothers, mothers, yeah. daughters, and fathers' daughters. So there's a father's um, son. I would probably be, yeah, be wide open, but I'll let you finish. Go ahead, Karen.
3: But there wasn't any. I, I I can't think of any conversation that I had a problem with having, um, having with her the it, if it, and and she was available to come to me uh but no i mostly wanted to, yeah there, there wasn't a lot of things i was uncomfortable with i think she may have been uncomfortable that that may have been her that but that was her problem not mine <laughs> that's <laughs> well, on you that's your problem because like that that is <laughs> the your resource that is your, that is your issue <laughs> uh but i just looked at my priority as a as a mother and what my my goals and outcomes were going to be uh and that that's mostly what i did but
2: well mine for for <laughs> again a, a dad uh, a girl dad quote unquote that's become mm, so popular right. um, dad. it was def it was definitely the 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 boys and it wasn't it wasn't a conversation i was nervous about having i knew it was coming i mean it it comes like anything so it was just more I think like Carolyn said, it's, it's her being come to talk to me and saying, Hey, you know, I, I'm here to talk and I'm, I'm going to shoot you straight. I'm going to tell you, cause I, I used to be one of these little knucklehead boys running around. So mm-hmm. I'm not going, I'm not going to be ish, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. And I mean, I remember her, her first real quote unquote boyfriend and, and talking to her about him and, and even sitting down and talking to him. Cause mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm that dad I, i'll i'll let y'all know flat out i'm yeah. i'm like a lot of i'm sure a lot of dads are i'm I'm that dad and i mean i'm not the i'm easy to get along with but especially when it comes to the young men in uh in my daughter's life i'm 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 hard to, i'm I'm hard nose you got to walk on eggshells around me too you. you're real comfortable and 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 everything's good to go you got to walk around and it's a yes sir and this and that i'm looking at you crazy if, if you come and you coming crazy. Yeah. I'll put you in your place real quick. So yeah. it was the boys' conversation. We, we opened up and was, was cool about it. But it was just, I was I was dreading that day, I should say. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I had two that I was not prepared to have or just didn't want to have. The first one was, Mom, why is this sticking up in, in, in the middle of the morning? Like, oh, I was like, oh, man, I got it. Stop. oh let me call somebody let <laughs> me <laughs> call somebody I don't want to have this coming is this yeah so that I was I wasn't prepared oh I had to take some deep breaths and I was like all right let me explain to you what this is all right <laughs> yeah and then um having the the uncomfortable conversation of him him growing up and actually here you know in the south seeing and hearing racism some people don't like you because of the race, and having to tell him that everybody is not going to be his friend—that was a hard one uh, to have with I bet him. Because he's so sweet, he's so yeah. sweet. He yeah. cried. He was like, "They don't like me because I'm black." You know, like having that conversation and seeing and hearing him cry about it—that mm-hmm. was a—that was a heartbreak because it was right after. Oh goodness, was it a mod? the young man that was running,
4: mm-hmm, running. Mm-hmm. yeah you know,
0: yeah that that it was right after that conversation it was right after that incident and i i sat him down to talk to him about it because he was seeing it on the news yes. and hearing you know family members and people at school talk about it mm-hmm. so having to sit down and talk to him about that that was that was a difficult i did not want to have that conversation yeah. well the
2: crazy part about it is i mean just having still having to have those types of conversations Because i'm growing up i remember my dad sitting me down And when I was a, you know, preteen teenager and saying, hey, you know, you're getting ready to be a a black man, you're going to be a a black man in America. And so these are the things that you have to, you know, watch out for and and things of that nature. So having that conversation with me and then, you know, I'm not not having a son, but uh, my father and I talking to our nephews, talking to my nephew, his grandson. Um, the same conversation. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. This this is a constant conversation that we unfortunately have to keep having year mm-hmm. after year after year. And I mean, it, it's sad <laughs> that that we're forced to have to have that conversation. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we can get into a whole race talk, which I almost oh, yeah, yeah. I almost that. went. That. I, whole... <laughs> I was this close to going there, and I said, you know what? That, that's- <laughs>
2: Just I'm say, sorry, Jay. I'm, we turned your we turned your, your light I'm, moment into a, a heavy moment. I, apologize. <laughs> yeah, well, I,
0: was about to, I was about to add a little, and I was like, you know what? Nah, I ain't gonna go down that
3: rabbit hole because nah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. Gonna and do it. I will say another. The, I wouldn't say this is difficult, but it was one that we've had to have with her her whole life. Mm-hmm. Is that so? I know everyone can't see what we look like, but you know, if you look at Damon and I, we have a fairly you know darker complexion. Mm-hmm. However, our daughter has very fair skin. Uh, she has she has very very fair skin uh, to the point that people usually thought that she was either if she if they usually didn't think that she was black and uh, or that she was fully black and so when mm-hmm. she was a little girl we had to have those conversations and I didn't realize that they were people were having those conversations with her mm-hmm. and so uh, picking up her picking her up from daycare uh, I don't know who they thought I was. Mm-hmm. The other kid. <laughs> the nanny yes, that's the nanny I was and so or they thought that one of her parents wasn't black yeah. and uh or they thought I was help or something else and so uh those were com- I didn't realize until I think she was in middle uh, she was in elementary school and one of her friends you know just they saw the two of us together they saw dame and i together at school all the time and one of our friends was like well you know who, who's serena's real dad or, or who's her real mom because they didn't think that we, wow. we I and mean, these are little kids, the god right? no, like, yeah, would have had a, a child that had this complexion.
2: She had a social media account that said they think I'm mixed. That yes. was one of her that's, social that's, media. That's what <laughs> yes.
3: they,
2: they think I'm mixed, and so yeah, I mean that's that's what she grew up but, as.
0: But when she she was needs not, to write that book, she
3: do. Yeah, she, yeah it is, the whole other, and, and that's something that we never thought about. But when she was in elementary school, I asked her, "I'm like, do people think that you're biracial?" She's like. Every single day of my life, and that, and I thought that I had known. And she's like, at daycare, they thought I was white, and you know, they 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 never thought that I was completely black. And so I would say one of the things that uh, one of the conversations I've always had to have with her is that she doesn't have to justify her blackness. Yeah, mm-hmm. people Loaded. But it is, it's been a constant dialogue, and I and I it was a blind spot of mine because I wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. that that, I would say that that was difficult because I I didn't know because I I thought everyone knew because to us she looks she looks black even though she She looks uh, I mean I've only
0: seen her a handful of times but she looks black to me but then all of of course I have family members my uncle um, my daddy's uh little brother is dang near albino like he got red hair really you know Mm -hmm. light eyes like you know so I'm I'm used to different shades of black so you know.
2: my, my, my mother's a redhead she's like she's fair-skinned but she's she's not albino. but she's she's redhead mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's just that's 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 how we are <laughs> And, and, and,
3: that's the thing. My, and my, my father had a uh, fair complexion mm-hmm. and so that's uh and so it's just so, like I explain to people I'm like melanin's funny and mm-hmm. it jumps generations sometimes and, mm-hmm. you know uh grandparents and th- that's who's that's whose complexions prevailed right and uh but she has really fair skin and people uh she, That that was I like I said I think the the issue was that I just didn't know that it was happening mm-hmm. and it had been happening her whole life. Yeah. So.
0: Well, she handled it with grace.
3: I mean. I guess we'll see. She, <laughs> I got that. I, yes, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So.
0: I'm going to. I guess I conclude it. You want me to conclude it, Indy? No, okay. I got it. Okay. Podcast voice. So. Thank you guys for coming on into the room and sharing what it was like to be a parent, especially at a young age, because I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you guys were parents at a young age. And in my opinion, I think that you guys have done a great job. And Serena is a wonderful, wonderful young woman. She's a beautiful spirit, very kindred spirit. So if you guys want to, you know, shout out your social medias, if you want, you can. Um, if you want to plug your chapters, you can do that as well. So this is
3: you your time to shine so have at it. Well of course you know being the first vice president of my chapter uh, Alpha Epsilon Zeta the oldest chapter of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated in the Kansas City metropolitan area over 82 years strong and uh, we serve Wyandotte, Johnson, and Leavenworth Counties. Okay
2: and big shout out to Alpha Delta Sigma chapter of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity. We're the the only grad chapter here in the Casey metro area. We will be celebrating 90 years uh, next year. We were uh, charted in 1932. So big ups to, to Alpha, Delta, Sigma chapter. Um, and then that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me tell the best audience where they can find us on social media. So know. on Facebook, you can go to Upgrowth Mindset. On Instagram, it's upgrowth underscore mindset. And if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, email us at upgrowth.mindset at outlook.com. And don't forget, y'all, the mindset matters. See y'all next time on our Glow Up Movement. Bye. Bye. Bye.